Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 81. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast, vibe with our brand, the whole thing. But let's do a little housekeeping up front. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch. We have some zines left, t-shirts, bunch of other stuff, towels. Uh, We'll be releasing more and more stuff. I think I have some fins from Hydrophile coming out. Also, make sure to check out this episode description on your iTunes player or player of choice for uh, links to things that we're talking about and uh, track listings. But yeah, it's the end of the year, 2022. It's over. Uh, It was kind of an interesting year up and down. I know for us, we had a lot of fun. Uh, Got to go on some trips, got to surf with a bunch of friends. Swell was up and down throughout the year. You know, um, even at the end of the year, we're not getting anything good it's kind of boring but i'm pretty happy with how 2022 went in general and i'm going to recap that at the end of this episode the main component of this episode is interview that i did with tj from current tj is awesome i got to know him a lot over the last couple of years working on video projects events that kind of thing and this is an interview that i did over the summer with him that was really fun over at my old place before i moved into my new place and it's outdoors and it was fun, and we talk about a lot of topics about you know independent surf film, uh, but it's a really cool interview, so we have that. We also have some short takes. The first one is from Current. It's this thing called Northish, mostly shortboard uh, surfing, which is really cool. The second one is Sea Street Blues from Reunion Wetsuits featuring Liv Gottron and a couple of her friends. And the third one's this clip that I stumbled upon of Mikey February and JJ Wessel surfing Sano uh, from Alex Hayes. But this episode, I'm going to keep it kind of short uh, in terms of tracks and all that kind of stuff because the interview is really long, uh, which is great. So usually that second segment that I do, I'm not including it. And in terms of the tracks, this is kind of a mix of just what I've been listening to throughout 2022. And it's a lot of different stuff. It's old, it's new. It's just stuff that I vibe to. It's a lot of stuff that I listen to on my way to go surfing and uh, on the road uh sometimes you know whether it be driving to balsa or oceanside or something like that those are usually my two bookends if you will north and south and so i'll just kind of put my thing on random and uh these are some tracks so hope you guys enjoy and i'll check in with you guys in a little bit with the interview peace
Podcast Volume 81. Hope you've been digging the tracks. Like I said, it's going to be a kind of random mix. New, old, uh, surprises. I've been really digging that new Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's album. I'm a huge fan. And it's something I actually listen to a lot with my daughter. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I'm kind of proud of the fact that I, I have a daughter who, like granted, she'll listen to the random, you know, Kids Bop and the Disney stuff. But outside of that, she has a pretty eclectic music taste. And I know even at her age, uh, I was not listening to some of the progressive stuff that she is. So when I hear her asking for a Karen O song, uh, I'm going to play it. And I love the new album, so I put a track in there from there. Also, you know, obviously Susie, Bauhaus, people don't realize it. I, as much as I do, I guess, like a hip-hop urban podcast it's only one part of my musical taste and i'm a huge Susie fan um 
and a lot of dark wave stuff, so I figured I'd include that in. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch, we have videos, we have a bunch of other stuff. Also, make sure to check out this episode description on your iTunes player or player of choice for track listings and things that we're talking about. Now, the main interview of this episode is an interview I did with TJ Tran in the summertime. I guess it was probably, I'm thinking it was like around July, late July, maybe August. And he was in town uh, filming, doing some stuff. He does like a, a summer pilgrimage, if you will, out here, like a lot of people from the East Coast do. And it was really cool to catch up with him, hang out, uh, talk about stuff. So here's an interview we did at my old house. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy. Check in with you guys in a little bit. So what's your name and where are you from? My name's TJ Thran and I'm from Rhode Island. And so how did someone from, because a lot of people, you know, assume that surfing is very like California or Australia or Hawaii. How did you get into surfing in Rhode Island? Well, uh, kind of in a roundabout way, I think like a lot of people, I just went out a couple times with friends. My sister, my older sister was actually kind of a charger. She would go surf in hurricanes and stuff. and. When we, we were in middle school and I thought that was so cool and you know I'd go out and surf a couple times but it was only like twice a summer you know I wasn't a surfer I just went out and did it a couple times and then eventually I started hanging out with my friends Matt and Andrew Nada uh-huh. and Andrew by the time he was like 15 had a vintage board collection worth like 15 grand oh Jesus he had infinity stringers um, He's got a Hanson Master that he rides every day. It's like, oh my god! You know, it's like he was buying this thousand-dollar board when he was 15 years old um, from his surf instruction money, and then surfing it, not wall hanging it. Yeah. And so, like, once I started riding some of those boards with them, um, I was kind of hooked. And then I bought Matt Warsaw's History of Surfing, read it cover to cover, and then like from there on, I was just like, surfing is. You like nerd? <laughs> that was actually a big changing point for me too. It's like learning how to like corny surf and then like for a year and then like getting that book and like actually getting the website and like the book and like going on the website and being like oh this is like what real surfing's about yeah kind of thing i mean you're lucky that you got to surf a lot of those vintage boards because in a way you were surfing through history on the actual boards which is kind of cool it and the boards being so heavy like from rhode island and our short little summertime swell periods like you know if there was any offshore wind on a like a like a you know a tuned up or light longboard I would get pushed off the back so I needed those heavy boards to even just stay in the waves when it's like an ankle high day when's the best time of year like out there to surf um you know hurricane season which kind of gets earlier earlier and earlier but like September October November if you want to like still surf in like not a ton of rubber but then throughout the winter February March April uh-huh. um, it's really good but sometimes you're surfing in like 20 degrees ice yeah ice. it's like it's, it's yeah I've crazy. seen some of those clips that you've posted I'm like no thank you like I'm not no. that's why a snowboard man I'm too skinny for that I can't. so did, so did you did you get to was it snowboarding first or surfing first snowboarding for sure so snowboarding yeah, first definitely and then so through surfing out in Rhode, Rhode Island who was some of the people that you were surfing with there um, well, so yeah, it started with my friends, Matt and Andrew, and we taught surf camp together for Peter Pan. Peter Pan's like, a, we, he's an East Coast legend. I'm sure a lot of people know him um, around here, well, the older guys, but he, you know, shapes the Peter Pan slug for Hobie surfboards. And he was kind of like, 
um, along with like Sid Abruzzi oh, and nice. um, you know a couple others. They were kind of the people in Rhode Island who started skateboarding and surfing in the late 60s and 70s and mm -hmm. kind of like brought around the culture. Okay. And then they were all together and had their um, their shop and then they all kind of split ways. Now they all run their own shops. Um, obviously Sid's like a legend. He's kind of a little more of the hardcore scene. Peter Pan's a little more like Zen workout and like super healthy. Oh nice. Do, but they you know they both still surf and they're kind of like the the godfathers of Rhode Island surf culture. Peter Pan and Sid Abruzzi. Now have you seen like since you got like how long ago did you start surfing? Oh man like really picking it up and like trying to surf every swell probably senior in high school you know when I was like 16 or 17. I mean how many years is that? Oh man uh 10. So yeah. this is my question so how much have you seen the surfing scene change like grow in Rhode Island? Yeah well I mean you know definitely the longboard culture has had a big resurgence like it has everywhere um but you know it Rhode Island's in the East Coast in general is kind of funny. You know, when we get waves, we get good waves for a day or two, and then the storms kind of, you know. Yeah, the swell period is by. fast. That's the thing that people yeah. don't realize out here. Like I tell them, I'm like, it's not even a day. It's like it could be three hours. Right. Yeah. It's exactly. Like fucking quick. Um, so you know, people drop everything to surf, and then like people, you know, the overall surfing level in on the East Coast, and especially in Rhode Island, is much. It's not as high here, so um, you know you get kind of a lot of kooky people in terms of like everyone. You know, you get these people riding these potato chip shortboards when they should be out on like maybe a mid length. Or they're a just like board. forcing the issue. Yeah, well, they see the WSL crap and they're like, oh, I want to surf like that. And like, you know, I tell my friends, if you're learning to surf, like get a get a longboard first and like figure out, you know, yeah. how to go sideways down a wave or you know, down across um, the face but people just want to thrash and all that stuff. But I think, uh, you know, the two cultures are quite separate. You get a lot of the people who are more longboards or gliders and um, kind of more alternative shapes. And that whole crew is generally really chill in Rhode Island. They're really good people. I mean, some of my best friends um, and people I really look up to were the people who were like, hey, you should like be on these like longboards. You're gonna have a lot more fun. You're gonna be able to surf, you know, twice as many days. Yeah. Well, especially out there, I mean, it I understand like some places like New Jersey where you have like quick dumpy shore break and stuff like that and it's like honestly it's really hard. I mean you, you could if you're a good longboarder and right. you have the right equipment you could. But um, you guys also have a ton of point breaks so I'm like why wouldn't you be surfing? Right. You know what I Absolutely. Mean? Like I'm like why wouldn't you be on like like hulls and longboards and like like I'm like like I look at footage all the time and like you know Corey sends me stuff and I'm like yeah, this is sort of like, why wouldn't I be, like, I would never be surfing, I would not surf a shortboard here, it makes no sense to me. Right. I think people need to, like, people are slowly, with the help of, like, social media, realizing, like, hey, look, you know, there's not just mayhems out there. You know what I mean? Like, right. people, like, there's, there's not just, like, you know, Channel Island, like, like, thrusters and neck beards and shit like that like there's other boards that you could be riding absolutely yeah and there are there a lot of good shops because i mean that tends to drive a scene a lot too you know like are there like because i know like for instance in like new york right like new york surfing has had obviously history for a long time mm -hmm. you know it's like the, i've i've dated someone's whose dad was one of the original rockway boys like i know right. that and the Tommy Senna shop and all that shit, right? But like, you know, it was a very confined kind of space. And then the mollusk, the mollusk first opened up there and that turned into Pilgrim essentially, yep. which is one of the, 
uh, Christian Teal, who's originally from Rhode Island. Um, and that helped to slowly start change the thing. So I'm curious, like, are there like more kind of alternative shops or? There's not. Most of the shops, especially in Rhode Island, are like big box, will try to sell you a leash with a skimboard type shop. Okay, like, gotcha. They're, honestly, the best shop in New England is in Vermont, a landlocked state, and it's wind and waves, and they're actually like, you know, uh, Zahid from Puerto Rico. Yeah. He, um, they pay him to go to California because he's going into contacts, contests and going to Mexilog and going. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, they'll pay him to fly him from Puerto Rico to California. And, um, you know, Ben Gravy isn't everyone's cup of tea, but they sponsored and, you know, funded his whole film that he's coming out with really? right now. And, you know, I've never really met Ben, so I don't have anything to say, you know, because I don't know him, but I respect his hustle and I respect that yeah, a shop from Vermont is know? like putting in money, you yeah. know, and it would be really cool to see more um, local Rhode Island shops, um, you know, add to the culture instead of just suck from it. I mean, we, we have a lot of photographers and videographers myself. I've never made a dime. Like surf shops will just steal your content, post it, and then you'll go in for a free bar of wax and they won't give it to you. Well, that's fucked. It's gnarly. It's like, Sid wouldn't do that, but he's kind of, his water brothers, He'll, he moves locations all the time and he's kind of always been on a roller coaster, but well, you know, he's like, he's not a culture vulture. He's like adding to it. So there's space for it. Someone could open up something. Definitely. I think, um, uh, you know, uh, there's a uh, Wally, this dude Wally runs Rhode, Rhode Island Surf Go and that's down in Westerly. It's kind of far, you know, people in Rhode Island, they don't drive more than 15 minutes. Like really? they, they have to go over both bridges from Newport over to, in like know, such a small South state down. Dude, it's insane. Like. They're like, ooh, seven minutes, that's a little far for me. So like, the best surf shop we have is 45 minutes from us. And that's a tr that would be considered a trek. Yeah, and that's Rhode Island Surf Go, and he, he has really good boards, and he, you know, he's definitely adding to the culture, trying to put on events and stuff like that. And, yeah, I think um, I've seen some of the stuff he's done. So are most people buying, like when they're into alternative craft, right, like longboards and let's say hulls and all that yep. stuff, are they buying directly from shapers? Or are they like getting from like like board shipped to them from California? Like, what's? I think it's a healthy mix. I mean, Narragansett at Surf and Skate, which is like they're a real core shop. They're yeah. like, you could fit it in this little yard here, yeah. and like they're like the homies. Like I, you know, I'll go in and get free wax just because I worked for them as an instructor for three years. Okay, they got actually it. back the culture, but they have a good relationship with Hobie. I think they're one of the only Hobie dealers, and a lot of people who ride good longboards will go straight to them, and you know. They get, um, they'll get boards from uh, Jim the Genius, Jim Phillips, yeah, yeah. Um, who has like a lot of history in Rhode Island. And But other than that, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of East Coast shapers who are super talented and people will try to support them as much as possible. It's like, you know, the whole Corey Nolan hydrophile. It's like the whole New England community kind of banded around Corey for yeah. being the only person making handmade fins. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's just like, Dude, you gotta support, you gotta yeah, yeah. try to like support it all as local as possible. And there's so many shapers who are like making really good boards. Not as many longboard shapers, but you know, a lot of shapers making really cool mid lengths and um, a couple of shapers doing some holes. And um, so I think a lot of people try to buy local when possible. Yeah, um, I'm just always yeah. curious because I mean, we're like, you know, we're really spoiled out here, right? It's like within like, like every town has what we quote unquote call a core shop. Right. Right, like up and down the coast. But right. I mean, you've been, 
when you visit, you're like, hey, you could go from Daydream to Talia right. to Icons to like to Mitch's. Like it's basically up and down the coast, right? Like it's like every exit, it's like, hey, there's a shop in there that I could probably get a cool board at. Absolutely. You know, and so we're kind of spoiled in the sense of like we technically could go shop off the rack if we want to, but then here's the funny thing too, is that everybody who shapes boards in Southern California or in California in general, basically we all surf with so we right. just buy them directly from them, right? Well, and that's like the other thing, thing is I was listening to the Barrett Miller episode you did and you know, he was talking about like how few shapers are really counted surfers as well. And like you could probably count on one hand the amount of East Coast shapers who are actually sick surfers too. Like Kevin yeah, Tanner who does Sounding Surf Go, he's Rhode Island dude, like can ride everything. Yeah. Can rides everything really well. Um, and then you have shapers who see something or you can take a picture and it looks good on Instagram, yeah. but they don't know how to hang 10 or like they don't really longboard. But yeah. since they're a shaper, they need to have a longboard model and a shortboard model. And it's like, it, you know, people definitely could get suckered into buying like a longboard from someone who like can barely cross step. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's, that's the, I guess that's the, the kind of the, the drawback of the Instagram shaper, right? It's kind of like, there's a lot of shapers out there that like, hey, the resin job looks sick and like you can take a lot of good photos. And to someone who knows how to surf, you're like, wow, that looks like a pretty good board and you right. get it and then there's like a dead spot. Right. And there's like, the rails are just like fucked and it's just like asymmetrical as shit. Like, you know, there's all that stuff. But there's a lot of cool little niches. Like there's a lot of like, my friend John O'Reilly, he's making cool like duo inspired boards and you know. Like Neil purchased Junior Yeah, exactly. Style. Yeah, and yeah. like Neil has like commented and be like, oh, that's super sick. You know, Neil's like, seems like a super nice dude. No, he's not proprietary, but he doesn't give a yeah. shit. Yeah, like, and then there's cool, there's this dude, a couple dudes making like some gliders and you know, my friend Johnny Bourbon is New Jersey, Florida. He's making great gliders. He barely sells any on the East Coast though, because you know, glider waves, we just don't have as many yeah, of yeah. them. But, um, you know, my friend Josh Feld, he does 401 Board Co. And he's just making like super funky, eggy, weird, just crazy glass boards. And um, so, you know, you've got really talented shapers, but oftentimes they do like one type of board really well. Yeah, so. I mean, that happens a lot. I, I, I don't think that it's, it's hard to, I think it's hard to find people, even in California, who are like masters of it all. Right, right? absolutely. Like it's, it's yeah. uh, and, and I almost don't want to buy a board from someone like that to be honest like like if someone's like oh i do long boards but like i'll make you a bonds or i'm like i don't want to i'll make right. you a bond bonds or like like or like i want someone who like makes them right like and then vice versa like i don't want to buy i'm not gonna buy a long board right. from like malcolm and them right like like yeah you can make me a long board but it's probably not going to work for me right. um now you've been you know talking about a lot of this stuff in, in the surf scene in rhode island and snowboard scene and all that stuff how did you get into filmmaking Oh man, it was really, I was trying to like make snowboard videos in the winter, like when I first okay. got to college and I had this like little, me and my friends, Matt, Andrew, Kate, Ellis, uh, Giles, we had this crew called Tab Six and it was just like, we'd go up and go shred for the weekend and make like a snowboard movie. And like summertime came around and I was still like wanting to scratch that itch to make stuff. Yeah. I was like just getting into surfing and I was like, all right, no one's shooting any longboarding here. Um, you know, Instagram was kind of just becoming a thing. Um, I was like, I'm gonna shoot longboarding. I'm just gonna strictly, you know, create a little platform. You know, I called it cur The Current and um, just my first, you know, five, 10 episodes were just my friends longboarding and people who had never gotten a clip of themselves in their lives who are, you know, for Rhode Island standards, like good surfers. Um, and it kind of from there just like, 
yeah, just took off really naturally and um, it kind of just fed my fire to, to try to keep, you know, making surf films. And dude, I hadn't seen anything. I still have barely seen anything. I think I like have maybe seen like one of Thomas Campbell's movies, at that like point. one of Steve Cleveland's. No, like even at this point, I'm like, I'm I got I got a lot going on, and I just don't have time to sit down and watch the movies that I really should watch. Yeah, I mean like, I, I need to do my my homework a little more. I, I like reading about surf history and reading books and stuff, but I have a tough time going and sitting down and watching other people's surf movies because I also don't feel like I want to kind of create my own voice and my own visual yeah. language, and it can be. I get so stoked and inspired by other people's work that sometimes I'm like, oh, like maybe I should try that. And I think that's good to a degree, um, but you know, I think it's kind of helped that I haven't seen a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, just so I can keep kind of just, you know, talking with my friends and seeing what they like, and we kind of like develop our own kind of visual, you know, aesthetic with with the videos we make. Yeah, I mean, you could you could get crippled a lot of times by watching too much of other people's stuff because then it has you doubt your stuff. Right. You know, you're like, oh, well, they do this. Should I be doing that? And then you do it, and it's not natural to like what your how your brain works. Right. You know, when it comes to create, I've as a graphic designer, like that happens has happened to me. I mean, twenty something years it happens all the time. Totally. Where I'm like, oh, like should I like should I be doing my type that way? Like they're doing it that way, and then it's like it just fucks your head up. So in a way, sometimes it's better like being creatively being in a silo. You know, I always think about. I had a, a design teacher who told, who had this like story analogy, whatever you want to call it. He's like, just imagine if you like took two people the same age and you gave them like the design equipment, and one of them is on an island by themselves with no contact with the outside world for like a year, and that's other person, so like basically in New York City in the thick of it, and you ask them to work on the same assignment for a year, like make a book or something, and you probably get two dramatically different things, but the truer one would probably be the one that works in the silo. Like it would be its own thing and stuff mm. like that. And that's the thing I do like about your work. Like when you gave me clips for Cedric's thing, like they were so different than like the clips I've gotten from most people that I'm like, oh, I could have fun with this. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like like this is the kind of shit that like I want to do. Like I don't, I don't, I complain about it all the time. Like I'm like, if I see another fucking tripod fucking pan, like I'm fucking over it. Like right. I'm fucking over, like the same fucking angle at Malibu, I fucking lose my mind. I'm right. like, I don't, I have no interest in watching. Like it just, like I'm over it. So in a way, I think that's what's great about your work too, is that like, you know, besides highlighting people that nobody may, may have heard of or very few people have heard of, you're also having an aesthetic that is outside that realm of surf film, mm. you know? Because if you look at a lot of people who, have been influenced by the Steve Clevelands and people like that, their stuff all looks the same. Mm. You know, like I could buy that footage, like if I'm a brand, like. Yeah, and it's not to say I don't have, like, you know, I, I've i met Steve and like, he's always been No, super all those nice. people, like, what they've done is amazing. Yeah. I'm just saying like, sometimes to your point, sometimes wanting to be influenced by the people that like you know are good like you're like hey this person is really good right. and i love their work right. and like should i be influenced by it? yeah you could be influenced and you don't have to copy them right you know, you know what i mean i Absolutely. think that that's what's interesting about your what i'm trying to say is like your work in a, in a way now knowing because i didn't know that before until just now that you're kind of like have come at it from a creative silo if you will that's why it looks the way it does right you know yeah. Um, and zone frequency. That's like I think that that movie is my biggest influence. Anything by Jack Coleman. Like I I, wa I watch go out of my way to watch his work because yeah. I'm just so in love with everything he's doing. He does it. He's done an amazing job. But then again, like look, you could imagine that someone watches like his 
or let's say Thomas's stuff, mm-hmm. and they get stuck in the fucking wormhole where they're basically doing the same shit. Mm. That could happen very easily. It happens in graphic design all the time. Right. You're like, like I used to hire designers all the time and be like, oh, this is who you're into. Like right. I look at their yeah, portfolio totally. book, I'd be like, uh, maybe yeah. I don't want to hire you. I'd always be into the person who's like, wow, this is coming from a different angle and it's right. totally different. And like, you know, I, I think that's also more true to surfing today too, right? Like. You could take something like an uh, like a dis and I don't call it a sport. I call it a discipline. You could take a discipline like longboarding, right? Mm-hmm. And you could have the people who like watch like let's say Joel surf, yeah, yeah. and they mimic his like upper body like 100%. And then you have these people who like grow up without someone like that being so close to them, and they wind up developing their own style that's very true. Dude, to them. the Florida crew, like that yeah. in the nutshell is the Florida crew. That's you watch a, Saxon, Ryan, right. and Pat Conklin, yeah. and Sky, like, dude. Like you can tell, it's so cool because they're surfing, and and they're surfing like longboards and mid lengths and interesting boards. But they're surfing, you know, the quick feet. It's like you can tell they're surfing in Florida beach break. Mm-hmm. Like, it's they're my, you know, in terms of style and like, I would love to talk about like all my favorite surfers in different places because like I have so many. But like East Coast, they're my like inspo. And like Luke Cothera, Actually, he's the filmmaker I think I look to most. I was going to say, so like him. So like, for instance, him, he's a good example. Like, he's he's got a unique, like, POV. Absolutely. That's really good. Like, like he sent me some clips to use for, like, like Trent stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is, like, perfect. Yep. Now, when you, how long ago, what year did you start Current? Um, I think I started Current in 2017. 2017, yeah. okay. And then, so it's, like, kind of, like, I, I mean, I know the same thing. It's, like, a passion project in the sense, like, you have no schedule. You kind of, like, a good piece of content comes up. Mm-hmm. Good pe- people come up. You do it now. Um, you've been taking, recently, like, over the last, like, three, four years, you've been taking trips out here. Yeah. To California. Yep, absolutely. And stuff. Now, do you come out here with, like, hey, here's a list of people that I want to film? Or is it kind of, like, organically? Like, it just happens? Yeah. I pretty much show up. Like, the episode I dropped yesterday with Brian Anderson, filmed yeah. that on my birthday when we were all hanging out. Yeah. He gave me all that salsa. Yeah. Bomb salsa. Yeah. The people need to know Alex Valak makes the bomb I, I, I make food, but only for my friends, so don't try to buy it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, I didn't know that dude. I was just, like, he's ripping a longboard. I'm sure I'm going to meet him in the future. So I put all his clips in a folder. It said, Rando 1. Or it was, like random logger yellow board you know and he had his own folder and i was like i'm gonna meet that guy someday met him at sano two three days ago i took the clips made a quick video and he sent me some music for it and um someone just hit me up today saying you got to go watch steve cleveland's uh fresh fruit for rotten vegetables yeah that's a good one yeah apparently he has a part in that so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. to go look at that um but yeah like you know my California clinic like I just showed up and filmed people and um, I, I it's a little kooky like it's definitely like oh who's this random kid filming me and like making me a video and everything but like everyone seems to be super chill with it like I, I reach out and before I post it I say hey is it okay if I post this video yeah I mean most people I think are like pretty psyched because like unless they have like some kind of crazy like contractual thing they're like pretty like easy about it you know yeah. what I mean like like they're just like they're like okay well you're gonna publicize me and you're gonna right. make something of me surfing and it looks good like why the fuck would I be upset about it and you know I just like I rarely have ever met like a quote 
quote unquote cool guy in longboarding. Like, yeah. Everyone at Sano is super nice. Yeah, we're chill. If you're chill. on a longboard, you're pretty nice. Like in snowboarding, it's super clicky and there's all well, I mean, cool skating's guys the everywhere. Same. Skating's and it's like, like the same thing. I mean, you can't like poach clips in skating. Like they'll fucking. Right. They'll... And I guess no one hates on the filmer because then they don't get clips. That's the other thing. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, you know, fil filmers. It's hard to make enemies when you're pointing the camera at people. No, no, no. Filmers are definitely like the your best friend out here kind of yeah. thing. And there's a lot of them. And you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's it's kind of a trip sometimes for me. Like if there's even like a mediocre day at like Malibu, and there's like 12 people, I'm like 12 cameras. I'm like, what the fuck? Like this is like kind of insane. Like yeah. they're all getting the same clip. Um, but you know, it's I I think I just wanted to kind of see like you know, a lot of filmers have like a very like predetermined like organized way of like kind of going about it i think what you're doing is more interesting at like hey i happen to see someone mm -hmm. i'm going to shoot it and i'll approach right. them after and be like hey you know what do you want me to do with this like either i'll post on my thing or do you, you know totally and then i love the um you know instagram has created a world where it's like you know shoot it get it up shoot it get it up and i used to be that way with current i mean the main current it was kind of supposed to the ethos of it was like okay like let's get this yeah. out when it happens but more recently in the last couple of years i've i love sitting on clips because then once the people see it in a video like two years later or a year yeah. later they're like oh dude i didn't even know we were filming that day like that's so sick and a lot of times people surf so much better when they know they're not being filmed too yeah, I think I think that's there's a lot of surfers that are like that. I mean, I know when I worked on a film, a surf film project, there was, I'm not gonna say who they were, but there were some people that we were like going on film sessions with, and right. they couldn't fucking get a good wave, right. like in a two-hour session to save their life. And then I'd go just surf with them randomly without the filmer, and like they like I'm like, oh god, I wish a camera was here. Like, totally. like I almost felt like getting a camera person and be like, hey, we're not tell the surfer and be like. Hey, hide in the bushes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, don't let them see you. Like, totally. they'll, and then, like, when they come out of the water, be like, "All right, I got my ten clips. Yeah, we're done," absolutely. kind of thing. You yeah. know. So, um, you know, I, I do agree with that. Like, a lot of, and it's in skateboarding is the same. Right. I think all disciplines, it's kind of that kind of thing. Like, I know, like, when I was a skater, I was the worst. Like, at like, if I knew a camera was, it fucked yeah, my head it up. Yeah, changes. Yeah, because you get, like, it actually changes reality. Like, oh yeah, because you know. you're also thinking about it. You're like, oh, I got to make sure. Like, when you take off on a wave, you'll start thinking about the little things, totally. not in a good way where it's natural. You're just kind of like, oh, I got to make sure that like when I do this bottom turn, that like my my hips move this way because that always looks good. And then you wind up like not even having a good bottom turn to set up for the rest <laughs> of the wave, and you're like, you know, and then it screws up the whole wave, right? Yeah, it's like right. this whole thing. Yeah. Now with, you know, you brought up like Instagram. I I off mic we were kind of talking about this like i think there's been with longboard and alternative surfing there's been a couple of um events that have kind of like moved a notch and like the first one for me and for most people and in, in, in if you want to call it meta modern longboarding has been like the thomas campbell movies like when that happened like that was a holy shit like hey the world got to see you know representation yeah. you know and then there was a little lull yep. and then all of a sudden like instagram came out and you had a lot of these people who were at the top tier like the Joels, the Cassias, the CJs and stuff like that, who understood that platform were like, we got to put shit out, right? Mm -hmm. And then people individually started putting shit out, good or bad, but people started putting shit out on their own, right? Mm -hmm. They just put like, like you were saying, it was like, okay, I got this one clip today, let me get just, up, get let's get up, yeah. that kind of thing. And now the other thing that I think has helped move the culture and the scene are, and I hate to toot my own horn about this, but it's people like me, it's people like you, it's people like Lograp, who are these independent surf media outlets absolutely you know and so i wanted to ask you is like you know do you do you feel that 
puts more pressure on you to do stuff or do you feel that like, hey, it's business as usual, let me just keep doing what I do? You know, I, absolutely not. I think it, like, so Ryan Cannon, obviously, who does LawGraph, we like started LawGraph and Current like almost the same week, I think. Like we liked each other's first posts back when we each had like 50 followers or right. something. And it's like watching someone like Ryan do what he does, like, you know, one, that dude hustles. I mean, like, that dude hustles more than a lot of people out there. Yeah. But, like, he's in his own lane. He's not, he doesn't give a shit what el everyone else is doing yeah. because he's, like, found his groove. And, like, right now, it, he's paid off. I mean, he's kind of, like, the voice of longboarding in a lot of ways. And, you know, for me, like, as much as I love hip-hop and I love surfing, like, and I'll make the occasional video with some hip-hop, like, you know, it feels like... It, get, it takes the pressure off me. It's like, I can just keep doing my thing because like we're each in our own little niches. It's yeah. like, you know, Evan Adamson, like, dude, the edits he was making for Stoke Wars probably took like so fucking long. Like they yeah. were so involved and so different. And it was cool that he took a page off of um, Escape from Planet B or whatever um, Surf a Pig, Mike Black's movie was. Like, you know, clearly Evan was doing his homework too. Yeah. But like everyone's kind of got their own little program going on and it's like, I think photographers, it's almost like, at least in Rhode Island, like, you know, sometimes it can feel a little stale. It's like everyone's getting, shooting the same people and getting the same clips, but um, with the video thing, you know, everyone's kind of has their own little style, it seems like. And at least the people who I'm like friends with, like Ryan and yeah. um, Luke, uh, Ryan Hack, who does assholes, like everyone's got their own niche and like, yeah. it's all love. I've never experienced any animosity Oh, no, no, I didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean it that way. I mean, do you think it's like now, like, look, when I'll, this is why I think about it. Like, when I first started the podcast, I didn't like whatever, right? I'm very whatever. I'm like, hey, here are some people I like. I want to promote them kind of thing. Yeah. Like, these are, you know, and as years have passed and you get a bigger audience and stuff like that and you start realizing, you know, there's people listening or watching or stuff like that. I know for me, and I'll just speak for myself and, I, and you can comment on it. For me, it's definitely like over like last, like even the last couple of years, I've been very selective of like who I feature, right? It's kind of been a thing that I'm like, oh shit, there's people actually listening. Like, I don't want to have people that like, I don't think contribute to the community, you know, enough. Right. and I've had some of those people on, I won't name who they are, but I, like, I've had some of those early interviews that I'm like, looking back now, I'm like, nah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know, maybe I shouldn't have given them a spotlight. So I'm just asking you, like, do you feel that like now, because how our us as media outlets have grown mm -hmm. in a way do you feel that there's pressure on you to be like a little bit more selective or do you kind of still kind of do your thing um i think current we're still such a small drop in the bucket like you guys log rap and bodega i mean like people know about you guys you know you're kind of the only one interviewing specific like longboarders and creating that oral history i mean so much of what i know about surfing culture outside of like Matt Warsaw and like just books I've read has come straight from long nights in the in the snowcat like building know, terrain so, parks. I feel so bad for you that you listen literally. To this shit. Well, it's good because you got the music too. It's a nice break. <laughs> That's why. But I it's like it. you know not to blow smoke up your ass, but like you know I've learned a shit ton about surfing and surf culture from the people who've been on your series. I think it's cool that people are kind of paying attention to the current thing, but like my goal is not to have a hundred thousand followers. Like. M the moment it becomes about numbers or finances is like to me the moment it feels like it will have all kind of like failed because like yeah. fun first like fun yeah. first always yeah you know I 
I, I'm lucky enough to where I have, you know, I can use my editing and my filming skills to go get paid commercial work from, you know, whatever company, and I'll just keep hustling on that side so I can, you know, so I don't have to do corporate sponsors for current, and I can just kind of go at my own pace and, you know, make things that feel good for me and my friends, like, yeah. you know, my, my main crew, you know, yeah. and, like, um, as long as, like, we're having fun and, like, you know, that that's, like, the big thing, and, um, yeah, I would love to get some more eyes and do some California premieres and make a movie that, like, isn't that like stands the test of time but in our modern world with like youtube and instagram it's really hard to make something that lasts yeah i mean and then it's also the investment that you put into it winds up a lot of time winds up not paying off that's the oh, thing dude like you know the deal like, yeah I no no so much money in yeah this. yeah yeah and then you're kind of like you have like a couple of parties and everybody's like oh i don't even remember that thing well you that's know, the like, funny thing the is like people are like in in new england especially like Every time I share a photographer, like a, an actual hard post, I, I usually send the photographer 10 bucks and say, hey, go buy a bagel. Like, yeah. next bagel's on me. Yeah. Because the norm in Rhode Island in the East Coast is you either get these people who are photographers who are doing it for hobby and they're just stoked to get a, a credit. Yeah. Or you get high schoolers who, like, everyone can pick up a digital camera and take a good picture. I you mean, get the editing apply. photos is where the finesse comes in. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You can tell the good editors edit their photos, but they don't look over-edited. Yeah. But like in Rhode Island, it's like, um, I've I've hit up, like I've lost friendships over someone who I was filming, and I was like, hey, like here's your all your clips. I send 15 4K beautiful clips. And I was like, you mind throwing me 10 or 15 bucks? And they were like, dude, stop trying to make money off your friends. Like, what the fuck is this? And then the next day they posted on their Instagram. So I'm like, people like that. 10 bucks is nothing. I just like. You know, you know, and it's kind of helped me. Like I used to be a little more thinking about the finances or even just trying to like make money off the surf videos. But like seeing how cheap people are, like they're not even willing to pay 20 bucks for, uh, you know, this, you know, thing that they're gonna like promote themselves on their Instagram mm -hmm. with. I'm just like, I'm not even gonna try and make money off. It's of it's so crazy to me though because you're talking about a culture that rides, you know. Twelve hundred to twenty-five hundred dollar boards, and they won't pay ten bucks for clip. That's what fucking trips me. Well, out. that's the thing: is those twelve hundred, twenty-five hundred dollar boards probably should be worth three or four grand because they're beautiful, handmade pieces yeah. of art that are being devalued by Costco pop, you know, yeah. Costco soft top. So it's like the entire culture since the '60s and '70s. Well, probably a little after that, like has kind of just gone downhill in terms of like, you know, I mean, dude, back in the day, if you were shooting on super on sixteen millimeter, like the costs were there you know it's like well, yeah, the you costs had to pay of film for the were film, there yeah. so the, ma and well, the magazines were still a thing and they were like yeah we'll pay you a hundred bucks for an article and some photos like dude nowadays people just go on instagram and just steal your shit yeah i mean that it's happening in all the like in, in all the niche um disciplines if you look at like skating it's it's been the thing that like i know a lot of my friends who are like famous skate photographers they're like they basically have no careers anymore because it's basically anyone and their mother could like go get a DSLR and like, you know, copy their angle and like put a couple right. of slaves up and like be like, okay, I'll right. get the shot. And they, and they sell it for, for cheap. You know, right. everybody underbids it's, it's Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think in, you know. It's a race to the bottom. Yeah, and here it's, you know, I mean, here it's interesting because it's just highly saturated both with surfers and the people that are like covering it between mm -hmm. photographers and videographers. Right. And like, I mean, look, if someone's like, hey, I'm like, I know for like my zine, like, I'm like, if someone's going to be like, hey, I'll sell you these photos for like 50 bucks. I'm like, well, I mean, if that's your price, that's fine. Yeah, right. You know, like, like technically I know they're worth more, but like, if that's how much you want to sell yourself for, right. I'm not going to do anything. I just always like, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting to see 
for me, it's always been a, a especially in the last two years through the pandemic, because of projects I've been doing with certain brands, it's been interesting to kind of like do that balance of like, you know, how much am I like catering to the brand and how much am I creating to the catering to like the ethos of what I do, right. you know? And so right. I think it, it's, a, it's an interesting, good problem for all of us to have. Yeah. Now, um, you know, obviously do the current, and you, uh, you do current and you, you do those as periodic episodes. Are there any um, bigger things that you're working on? Yeah, so definitely working on like a bigger project. Um, I've been, we've been doing these collab boards with all East Coast shapers. So I've been um, stacking footage and building boards for the last four years. And I'll probably film for another two or three and then probably make a couple years to edit. But um, all the footage that we've shot for it, maybe except for the exception of like one or two B clips, like 98% of it has not been seen on Instagram. So like the movie is gonna be all footage from- Don't lose that hard drive. Yeah, oh dude, it's it's all double backed up. I was like, gonna say, don't lose that. <laughs> but yeah, it's been cool. I've worked with like, I think 15 East Coast Shapers and I've interviewed all of them. Um, and our goal is to, you know, create a movie. Um, I don't know what it's gonna look like exactly, but it's gonna be 100% pure East Coast. Did you ever see that Shapers documentary? Um, not sure. It's like, it's you could get it on Netflix, I think. It's really cool. But, I mean, you should check it out because it's like, um, it's basically like from balsa boards to modern surfboards and how that all that manufacturing happened in Hermosa and like yeah. how the first foam molds were made and Clark foam and Absolutely. all that fucking crazy shit. It's a really cool because it's, it was when most of them, it was done when most of them were still live yep. to talk about it. And cool. it was like real, like you should check that out. It's really cool. Like just like here, it was one of the things that was actually like when you were talking, talking about Matt Warshaw and the, his, the encyclopedia of surfing and the history of surfing and all that. It was actually one of the things that was like really a big, a big jump off point for me to like mm -hmm. fall in love with the boards that I love because I was like, oh my God, this is where they come from. You know, Absolutely. and they talk about like. I'm trying to think, they talk about Simmons and all these people who've like been forgotten and stuff like that, that are like, hey, they had a dramatic role. Oh, and I think absolutely. your film project, what, what, when you were talking about it the other day, I thought it was really interesting that like, you're basically documenting all these people that like, little pockets know about, yeah. right? Like not as, like, if you think about like, you're, you have some people from Florida, Rhode Island, Jersey, all this kind of stuff. Within their communities, they might be known and maybe a little bit outside, but you're basically putting them all together. So it's giving this opportunity to like spotlight like a lot of these people, right. which is kind of cool. And for every shaper that I'm doing, there's probably two or three, you know, I can only do so many. Yeah, of there course. There are a ton, especially like underground, you just wouldn't even really know about who are like really making amazing boards and people just don't really even um, and know who they are. And I wish I could cover everyone. I wish I could film everyone and do an interview, but yeah. you know, you only get a certain amount of time. No, and, no, you know. I mean, it would be impossible. You'd basically have to do like, like, like five movies, right? You'd have to well, do yeah, five, right. like two hour movies. Like it'd be ridiculous. And then yeah. while you're doing it, there'd probably be more people that pop out. Right. And that's crazy. even, you know, I've kind of considered it. I kind of have it broken up into segments and I'd have to kind of figure out, you know, realistically, if I wanted to give each shaper the true time of day, it would turn out to be three separate movies. Yeah. But so that's, I'm just shooting it all right now, getting the interviews done, and I'll, I'll kind of, I'm sure it'll come to me, and you know, I think we have a general story arc, but I'm just letting it all happen naturally, and I'm not putting myself on any timeline, because 
I want to have fun in the process. You know, no, I'm, that's I'm gonna awesome. investing a lot of time and money into it, so it's like I, I want to have fun when I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, you don't want the pressure on it. Now you're covering a lot of East Coast. Obviously, it's well, it's all East Coast. What do you think is the big difference between for you because you've you've been on both coasts and covering it? What's what are the differences to you between the East Coast surfing and like the West Coast surfing, especially when it comes to longboarding? Well, the biggest thing, and especially after talking to all the shapers, is and one of the questions I've asked all them is. Um, how do you refine your shapes with such inconsistent surf? You know, because, oh, that's tough. That's tough. How, you know, like if you got a person, you got Skip Fry making boards for PB Point, you know, there's waves all the time and he's like out there himself riding them really well. You know, sometimes you get shapers who, um, what it comes down to is they need guys or girls who are super talented riders and they really need to take their input and you know as you know there's a lot of egos in shaping sometimes people don't you know the, at least the shapers who really are good surfers they can figure it out you know um, but even then they have a really small window to figure it out yeah um, so I think what I've noticed there's a lot of humility on the East Coast a lot of these shapers are super humble and they're super willing to listen to the people who are actually riding their boards and a lot of times you know you got to travel you got to bring the boards to California to see how it works with like a real swell period but yeah. I think the cool part is like if you look at the thickness of boards and just the general shape like you know they're geared towards the East Coast they're generally a little bit thicker um, you know maybe they're a little more closer to like you know 60 40 rails not quite as tuned up um, but even in the East Coast, it's like Rhode Island, so different than Florida. You look at Ryan Conklin's longboards, and they're blady, super blady. blady. You know, Patrick's making these like super 70s wide point four tube shooters. Um, we maybe have a couple waves that that would work on in Rhode Island, but you know, I'm sure if those guys were shaping for New England, the boards would be different. Yeah, know? I mean, but that's also like up and down the, I mean, up and down the West Coast, it's the same thing. Absolutely. I mean, your, yeah. your Santa Cruz board is not going to be like your Santa O board. Definitely. Like you know, your Church Malibu board, like they're Rincon, they're all like they're all like. Right. I mean, even in my garage, like I have, I have my Santa O board, I have my like Church board, I have my Blackies board. They're yeah. they're pretty different, yeah. you know. That's just how it is. I think the dichotomy is cool, where it's like you got your shapers, like Johnny Bourbon, you know, the Conklins. Um, let's see, Jacques Berrio, um, who, you know, Corey Nolan, he's not, Corey's only doing upcycles, which is his own trip and so cool. Yeah, yeah, which is But crazy. like, you either have those people who really do their homework and like, like know what's up. Like they know their history so they can like use that knowledge to like build their craft. Or you have people who literally don't know who Chris Christensen is or like don't know who some people are who are like kind of the big names. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, they're also so sick because they're doing their own thing. Like my friend Josh Feld, he's like, he literally lives in his ding shack. His sanding and um, glassing room is attached to like the space where he lives, no plumbing. He's like stepping into that ding shack is like going back in time to what it would probably have been like, like during Hobie Alter's early days. Like, yeah, yeah, those backyard just like, shaping. Yeah, backyard shaping. And a lot of those guys don't follow the big names they're just doing what makes them happy yeah and like that so those two ends of the spectrum are super cool well there's been I mean from some of the old-school shapers that I've met on the East Coast um, I forgot the one that was at, that's out of um, the Outer Banks like he for example he used to work at Donald Takayama's factory in the summers Josh so, Peterson no well, I can't remember his name. he's the one that is 
part owner of Gale Force Glassing with huh. Roscoe Hunt. Like old WRV dudes? or No, 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 not WRV dudes. Um, he's like an old school guy that mostly makes longboards. See, it's like, I, you know, there's so many people. No, but he, like, talk to these no, because he was talking to me and he's like, and like I was looking at his boards and I'm like, these look like Takayama boards. Like I was like, these look like Donald boards. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, how I learned to shape is that I'd go there every summer as a kid right. and I basically work for nothing right. and in the thing and do like, you know, I started out like sweeping floors and yep. this and that. And like, so like back then it was very much like that thing where it was like, okay, like, I'm going to summer camp to learn to do what I do and then coming back and then modifying it for here. Absolutely. So like his his templates look like in the pinks and model T's and all that stuff, but the contours of the board and the rails were made more for like the outer banks, totally. right? Yep. And so I think I think that's it. that's the thing that people have to understand I think about shaping in general is that it's so fluid and based on not just the person who's doing it, but based on like where they're doing it for. Mm -hmm. um, and so like you mentioned the Conklins and stuff like that, like their boards are gonna be dramatically different from your Rhode Island boards to your Jersey boards to your like, you know, um, Outer Banks boards and stuff like that. Totally. But it's the same thing here. I mean, you're, you're gonna look at like what I consider now the modern Costa Mesa shapers. So like, you know, the Grant, Grant, Noble. Grant Noble and Troy Elmore oh, and, totally and Tanner right. Prairie, like they're on that trip because they're making boards that like work at Blackies, right? And like river jetties and shit like that. And then you have the crew down here, which is like the Nick Melanson, the Barrett Millers, yep. uh, Dexter, like all, Max, um, like those guys, they're making boards that like work for here. And then like, you know, you got your, your San Diego people, you know, which I'm not extremely familiar with. Like, like I, I don't even, I wouldn't even know who to like really name. Oh my God, I got fully schooled on the history of like San Diego shapers. You know, I'm staying out here with my uncle Derek and he's just like, you know, like Joe Bo Baguez, right? And like um, uh, Mike Eaton, like a lot of these yeah, people, yeah. like, you know, I think if you were to go on Instagram or YouTube as like a younger person without knowing, you know, a lot of this stuff is verbal history. You don't hear about like Mike Eaton in the history of surfing, you no. know? He did the Zinger, which was like, you know, Alex Nose did the Twanzer. Yeah. And I, you know, Alex didn't claim it as his. Alex, I've only met him once, seems like a super humble dude who would not claim something that's no, not I don't his. his. Um, um, but a lot of people who wouldn't know that history, myself included until a couple years ago, wouldn't know that like, the zinger is pretty much a twanzer you know yeah. it's got you know the same fin setup and mike eaton's been doing that you know for a super long time and um so it's funny a lot of the history you can't get it on instagram i mean instagram's great for photos and videos just cruising by but like you know you really gotta have these conversations and that's what's cool yeah. about like the whole podcast and documenting this stuff is like this stuff's gonna live forever you know you hope Unless Hopefully. we have like a nuclear war that like wipes out all the computers in the world, yeah. but like you hope. I mean, to your point, like there's a lot of young in, in the longboard scene. You wouldn't believe. I was shocked when someone told me this. Like there's some young longboarders, like in the, you know, between the 18 to like the 20 something year old age, who like never saw a Thomas Campbell movie. And if they never saw a Thomas Campbell movie, they don't even know who the fuck Donald is, and they don't right. know who yeah. Velzi is, and that freaked me the fuck out when someone told me that it was someone who was coaching someone who's a competitive surfer in the WSL uh -huh. right now and when he told me this story me and the other person who he told this to were like jaws on the floor 
I'm a New Yorker who came from into surfing like as an adult, and I know this stuff. Yeah. And when I hear someone that like grew up around it that didn't know this, right. like I'm just like in shock. Right. I'm like, I just can't believe it. Like I'm like, why? Like it's only gonna make you quote unquote better, right, at what you do, but it's also gonna make you appreciate more what you do. So right. like when you pick up a board from a shaper, you're gonna be like, oh, they got their inspiration from this. I'm right. stoked. Like, you know, like, hey, like, I got it. Like, this is like, oh, wow, this looks like a tale from, like, this guy that did this or, like, this girl that did that. Like, isn't that awesome versus being like, oh, it's a cool board. Yeah, right. What the fuck and then that? it's funny. You get a lot of people who don't know their history and they think they, like, invented a new bottom contour. And it's like, no, the only reason you don't see that on Skip Fry's boards is because he probably tried that and it didn't, it didn't work. didn't work, yeah. And it's like, definitely, well, sometimes you get shapers who don't do their homework and think they're in their silo which who knows whether they really are or not maybe they're just like I don't trying think to you flex can, but like, I don't think you can be I don't when it comes to shaping because look there's been shapers that I've interviewed and talked to who like let's say learn from YouTube but they're still like study the shit out of other people's boards right. like you can't I, I can't imagine you being like all right I'm gonna watch this YouTube video and I'm gonna buy a blank and a planer I don't think it works that way. Like you, yeah. you, you got. I'm sure some people have done it, and they'll go through their own path and figure it all out. But like, yeah, I think knowing your history and knowing the shoulders that you stand on, because it doesn't matter if it's a trick. I mean, like a surf, a snowboard, a skate trick. They're yeah. all intermixed, yeah. you know. Like, and you know, I think knowing your history allows you to, you know, make more educated, more educated, like, you know assumptions about whatever it is you're doing whether it's making films and um, or you're you know making boards and um, yeah I think there's always more to learn too it's it's scary seeing some of these legends like go I mean we've seen so many legends pass away in the last couple of years people I'm like Man, I really would have loved to have a conversation with that person. Oh, well, it's that I mean, we're in that time zone right now where it's like basically they're aging out. Right. I'm not saying like like to make light of it. I'm just like, it sucks. It's like yeah. basically think about like the, the Velzies, the Knowles, the Takayamas, the stage, you know? Yeah. Even right. like Hank Bizak and stuff like that. Like how long is he going to be around? And, and like surfing's gnarly and it was gnarly back then too. Yeah. Like it, it was way gnarlier back then oh, than yeah. it was now in terms of like the partying in the old boys club and like the hazing for groms and everything and like. Yeah. I mean, well, we're also like in a different world, I think. Yeah. It's, and it's, I think it's a better world now. Like I'm all for, you know, like include, that's the thing with current. It's like, I'm trying to create an inclusive, I want any surfer to be like, you know what, someday I'm gonna have my own current episode because it's not just all the best people. Like, I don't wanna create that like elitist vibe because that's always the thing that like made me feel so shitty and self-conscious about snowboarding was not feeling accepted in certain crews, Yeah. you know? And like, same thing with like, you know, surfing. It's like, if someone's gonna make me feel like I'm not welcome, you know, when we're all doing this pastime that was taken, like pretty much appropriated from, yeah. you know, the ancient Hawaiians for our own straight yeah. white pleasure. Like yeah. the whole localism thing. It's like, I get localism, but like, dude, like. I think localism is like really misplaced in a sense. Like, I think like what it used to be, this is just my own version of it. Cause I understand it from like a skateboarding perspective in New York, like, like it, it's more of a respect thing. And I think a lot of people power tripped on it versus the respect thing like they they saw the power trip side of it subconsciously and they just have a power trip about it right, right? they're just like fuck you you're not from here versus being like hey i just want to make sure that this person knows what they're doing in the water totally. so no one gets hurt Absolutely. i mean that should be the attitude so like i always go to this thing like instead of yelling at the person educate just tell them what they did wrong yeah. so they don't do it again because when you yell at them they're going to get all tense and they're going to do it 
not just once, they're gonna do it 500 times more versus right. being like, hey, look, you know what? You're starting to surf. Maybe the better part of the, the, the spot for you to surf is on the inside here, right? Like being chill about it and they're like, oh wow, like someone who's from here is telling me like being cool and stuff like that. Because guess what? If you do that, then they're gonna kind of elevate, they're gonna get better and they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be able to surf with you. And then on top of that, they're gonna be able to buy boards from the local shapers. Right. You know, versus being like, fuck that guy. I'm going to buy this like crazy board I saw on Craigslist. Like, I don't want to do that. I know like me, like when I first started surfing, I was very reactionary because I had it done to me by a lot of people in LA and it pissed me off. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'll be that way too. Like, you know, kind of thing. And I've grown out of it, I think in the last couple of years. And I think it's something that surfing needs to like kind of concentrate on. Like when I hear all this stuff about people being like, well, you know, there's no place in for politics in surfing. Well, it's not politics because that's a shitty word to use for it. It's called social. Social. It's yeah, like right. it's social society. It's like you want everyone to be shitty to each other. Right. I don't know. I kind of yeah. don't want that. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like you know, when I think one of the things that we have the power to do with our media outlets too is like influence that. Right. You know, it's like we could kind of like lay it down out there and be like, hey, look, like, like what you're saying, like giving episodes to people that don't that wouldn't necessarily be on some filmer's radar. Like the one problem I have with a lot of like quote unquote name like filmers in, in surfing, it's like they surf, they film their click. Right. Their click is in every single thing they do. And it's like mostly all dudes. Like when are you ever seeing movies with men and women? Like we need way more of that. Yeah, we too. do. I, I mean, especially I, in longboarding when the level is like, like dude, like my favorite surfer, the person I want to surf most like, Khalees Kaleapa. Yeah. Like, the smoothest person yeah and like you probably ask a shortboarder that they're gonna say like yeah i think kelly's later or whatever you chloe know? or like, someone like this or like gabriel know. like yeah i mean i think i remember how much heat ryan and i got for doing that one episode of jetty blue 100s with all the Ladies women first. In. dude that was so sick and i was I like why is there heat about this like this shouldn't be heat there's no there's no reason, like, this should be the norm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, And that's what Ryan does a sick job of that. Like, he's Ryan, good about like, it. is super good about showing, like, giving everyone the spotlight. Yeah. You know, that's definitely a gap that I have need to try to figure out. It's and hard. It's, it's all about, you know, it's about meeting people and, like, you know, the whole filming people you don't know can be weird and, like, the whole, like, hey, like, I got some clips of you. Can I, like, put, you know, like, yeah. you know, you just got to, you know, walk fine, walk that. Or I'm not eloquent right now, but like you gotta just be, you know, respectful. And I think it's like the same thing with localism or like a crowded lineup. It's like if you're not from from somewhere, like let the local crew get their waves. Show that you're not just out there to catch every set wave. And then you're dude, probably dude. gonna be accepted, and they're probably gonna be like, go, go, go. Dude, you're you know? not gonna, you're not gonna. Here's the thing. It, 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 it's beyond. It's it's outside of surfing. You're not gonna go to some random bar on a road trip and act like a fucking asshole in the bar. Right. You're gonna be nice. You're gonna tip the bartender good. You're gonna smile at people. Right. Ain't no different than going to a local spot. Absolutely. You're gonna say hi to people. I mean, I remember my first like surf instructor who got me into surfing in Hawaii. Like how he told, and I've never, ex this is the thing that's crazy to me. I've never experienced localism on the North Shore in my life. I've gone there every winter for like two, three weeks because he taught me like one basic lesson. He's like, when you paddle out in the lineup, look at everybody for every five waves that what you could tell or the locals get, you paddle for one. Not get one, you paddle for one. And I guarantee you by the third revolution of that, they're gonna be telling you to get waves. And that's exactly what's happened to me over there. Like, I'll never forget it. Like at VLAN, like these two older guys, like one of my first times at VLAN, they saw me doing that and they were like, 
cousin, go, go, cousin. And I was like, oh shit, like they're fucking cool. That's and so then they're cool. like, me. and they're like, they were like, when I came out of the wave, they were like, that was a good one, sick one, cuz. Yeah, how stoked. And I was like, and I was so, and then they're like, yeah. this is like years ago. And then every time since I've been there, like I see them and I'm like, I don't even know their names. Yeah. And I'm like, what up, cuz? And they're like, oh, you back, what up? <laughs> like they're like so, ch- and they're like, 60 years old probably they've been like grew, grew up surfing there right mm. and i think it's the same thing when it comes to like you know any of these spots in california like you have to like no matter what the, the problem that happens a lot i think is a lot of people like yes they're good surfers where they come from right and they probably are as good as most uh, some people here but they think that's the thing that negates walking into that bar mm-hmm. and being an asshole mm-hmm. you can't do that no matter how good you are it's not about skill level it's about going out there look people don't know who you are people right. like if you come to a strange spot like people don't know how good you are or how bad you are they don't know if they're safe or not around you they don't know if you're gonna hog waves right so be respectful you know i think i think that's an again it's 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 a thing that we can probably talk about for like five hours it's but it boils down to like a real basic thing it's not about like were you born here it's like are you going to be respectful here right because if you hear the born here thing that shit fucking pisses me off to no end because i'm going to be like yo homie you ain't from here either because unless you native american unless you andy Meebles, get the fuck out of the lineup if you're going to go on that because you know what he can say that because he's multi-generational first first nation from this spot right here his family and family and family and family right. so he could bust that stuff you as some white person that might have been born here or your parents might have been born here you have no right to, right. to bust that and it's a perspective thing and it's just like let's all take one a big step back and realize like how freaking lucky we are to even be doing this yeah. like i mean yeah. we're like we're lucky in this area you know like we have spots like again it's easier to say this because we have spots in this particular area that are all different types of waves, all different types of skill level. I mean, you look at like what I refer to the trestle chain, the trestle chain from like, you know, church to cotton, there's all different levels of experience. Mm-hmm. You could pick, you know what I mean? Like, hey, like, I'm not that good, I'll go here. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. I wanna surf this cut. We're lucky in that, okay? So it's different than like, you know, let's say a Malibu, which is like basically like, you got Malibu and borderline Topanga, and then the rest of it pretty much fucking sucks around there. Right. Like until you get into like North LA County, yep. you know, it's pretty sucky to be honest. Like anyone who says it's good, like I lived there for seven years, trust me, it's not. That's kind of a thing. I wish that people would just kind of like look at it more of kind of like skill level, respect level than being like, how long have you lived here? Mm-hmm. Because like I, I heard something, you know, Beth was telling me a story about someone who moved to like Ventura like three years ago and like is complaining about like that there needs to be more respect to the locals like him in Ventura and she's like you moved here three years ago what are you talking that's like me look I've lived in California almost 10 years I've been like a member of the Sano Surf Club for like nine of those that's like me busting that there like that's like idiotic yeah, like right. being like what are you doing here yeah, it's, it's like, like what dude, you... this goes back to the 30s like... yeah it's like 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 i would look like an idiot like it would be so dumb yeah, so crazy. i think i just wish people would do that and i think you know we as these independent surf media outlets i think we have an opportunity to to kind of do that now i wanted to kind of end this on 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 semi-serious note but i wanted to ask you this is that you know, we obviously, we have a very rapidly changing world. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, I'd like to call it progressivism. Um, I think we're, we're progressing as, as a world into like a more gentle, kinder kind of place. Like at least we're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes there's hurdles to that. And, you know, we have 
a lot of social injustice that we're trying to get over. We're also trying to like really look at ourselves as society in the mirror and stuff like that. Do you think we have, or you could just speak for yourself, do you think you have a responsibility to use your voice to help matters outside of surfing that could potentially spill over into surfing? A hundred percent. And when we've done that, like we've lost followers and I'm like, please, like, please, like hit that unfollow button. Yeah. You know, if we're talking about whatever it is, like, you know, when the George Floyd thing happened and like everyone was like hopping on the bandwagon of like, you know, social justice. And it's like, you got a lot of like non-optical allyship where it's just like, seems to be for the gram. And then like, you see the people who are like still doing it. But like we, you know, obviously we've cared and tried to, every clothing order we do, we're finding someone to donate to, whether it's like local clean ocean access or like, you know, Rhonda Harper. Um, who does Black Girl Surf and like, you know, it, it is definitely, sometimes it feel like feels like tokenism and I think it's like a really fine line, but 100% of the time I think we need to be giving back a percent. If, if I'm making any sort of profit, some sort of that profit needs to go to someone, an organization either helping the ocean or uh, an organization for people who have been historically, you know, systemically you know, there's been that prejudice against. Um, Because like in the end, like surfing is about connecting with nature, connecting with friends. You know, one thing I love about surfing is like, I have friends who are 75 and I have friends who are five. You know, like it's one of the only places, like in in traditional sports, usually you're playing against someone who's like around your age or your talent level, but it's like in surfing, it's so generational. And I think that part's so beautiful. And then, you know, like I said, we've had people who literally, like, we post, you know, you can look at the insights, and it's like, the days that we post about stuff that has, like, either tangentially or straight up related to, like, social justice issue, we have people unfollow. And it's so funny. People have even commented, like, keep politics out of surfing, hit the unfollow button, and then two weeks later, they were following again. Of course. Because it's like, you know, I think they, in themselves, probably are questioning their own attitude, but... Um, yeah, I think it is super important to try to, you know, as a straight white man, at least try to amplify voices of mm-hmm. those who are not, who have been, you know, systemically, like, just like faced injustice. You yeah. Know? And like, if you think as a straight white dude, you've jumped through the same hoops as a person of color or a woman, or, you know, it's like, you just, you straight up haven't. like you everything could be the same your income where you're from all this and still the people you know people of color women have had to jump through twice as many hoops to get to the same point that you are yeah i know so it's like for people who say keep politics out of surfing it's like well how about you leave surfing like see i think i for me it's just like i think politics is the wrong term like i think that's the thing people they get hung up on like they think it's about like a like who i'm voting for thing and i'm like no 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 it's not that it's just about being like like thinking about like what's going on you know and like a big part of surfing is like you know you're talking about like showing people that like don't get a lot of shine right mm-hmm. and then also um about the localism thing like if you think about it a lot of that's rooted in the in in the idea of like representation mm-hmm. like being able to see yourself right and that's the worst feeling that any human being could feel is to feel alone 
and not be like in any way. Okay. And so I think what we're trying to do in a way, whether it be amplifying voices or whether it be showcasing someone that doesn't get shine or talking about someone that doesn't get shine or like promoting some other stuff is that they don't feel alone, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I don't understand in my wildest dreams why anyone would purposely want to make someone feel alone, right. which localism does, right. which racism does, which like sexism does. Those are all things that make people purposely feel alone. Right. That's so what, that certain people can stay in power and maintain Yeah, control, so they can feel right? better about themselves. It's like the thing right. like, so you know, yeah. you, you could either be the person that elevates yourself to make yourself look good, or you could be the person that de-elevates de de other people to make yourself look good. Right. Like, it's relative, right? So like, if you make everyone look worse around you, you're gonna look better. Mm -hmm. But is that the, like, is that what you wanna do? Or do you wanna like, be like, hey, I'm just gonna make myself look better. Right. It's, and, and it's hard, it takes work, you know? It's like, you know, you, it's, and and no matter what you do, you're gonna have haters. And you know, the first when up we, or down. Yeah, right. And it's like the way I see it. If you have haters, you're probably doing something right because people care enough to like have an opinion, probably an unfounded opinion about what you're doing. And it's like, you know, I'd rather have you know with, with our events and stuff. And like our we put on art shows and movie premieres. It used to be like more people, more people. Now it's about like quality over quantity. I'd rather yeah. have 15 rad people at the surf event than 100 people who I don't really know or might not like be super stoked on it, you know, and um, or just like in their own on their own program. But um, I think getting back to your point, like inclusivity is the way forward. It's 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 not only just the way forward, like these companies need to realize it's good business, you know, like I think they're like, don't alienate potential customers they're I mean, starting you're thinking I'm, about it from the business stance which like current we don't do like it's not a business so but they're starting to realize it i mean i think they're starting to realize like like slowly i i always go back to this thing that like um it was um bobby hundreds was asked to talk at a surf conference in brazil it was like a surf business conference and they were like bringing him they're like hey how come surfwear is doing so shitty and streetwear is doing so bad uh, so well and his whole presentation was basically like, because you're basically not representing or including us. He's like, the people who surf nowadays are not white and blonde. Right. They're not. There's more people of color. There's more people who are transgender. There's more females. And like, you're not representing for them. So why would they buy from you? Totally. Like they look at your ads and they're like, that's not me. Right. So why would they buy into your product versus like, let's say a Patagonia. They're like, oh yeah, that's me. Yeah. I see me in that wetsuit, Vans. I see me in those shoes. Versus like the Quicksilver, it's like you could take a Quicksilver ad today. Not, all right. It's six, changing. It's <laughs> changing, but let's say six months ago, and you could look at a Quicksilver ad from 15 years ago. The models look the same. Yeah, the right. surfers look exactly the same. Rip curls the same thing. They're sponsoring the same people. As much as they want to say like, well, we're sponsoring Brazilians, this and that, blah blah. You're basically sponsoring a bunch of jocks that all look the same. You know what I mean? You're not sponsoring different people. Mm -hmm. And so, I think when it comes to to the surf media, I think, especially the independent surf media, it's like, it's sort of like, I feel it's like, not like I'm pressured into it. I always feel like it's my responsibility to highlight people and things and amplify things that don't get the amplification they need. Right. Yeah, the backlash is gonna be that. Look, I got someone who, when I brought up the stuff about, you know, the abortion stuff on Instagram, basically sent me a message being like, I'm burning all the hats I brought from you. I'm burning all the t-shirts I brought from you. And my response was like, 
one, I don't give a shit because you spent the money already. So like, I have the money. Like, I, it's not like when you burn the hat, all of a sudden the money's gonna come out of my bank account. So you pay, you paid for it, so you're just gonna be hatless and shirtless, and that's up to you if you're that dumb. Oh, Second of all, you probably didn't get the point of my whole brand from day one because that's what it's been about. Right, right. Like you know, and that's the thing that like drives me crazy. Yeah. I do think too, like, it's, it's not like I want to. I should tell anybody else how to do their own thing. I do get disappointed in outlets that are financially or traffic-wise benefiting off of cultures right. and not giving back them. Right. And and that goes with like surf brands and stuff like that. Surfing is a big thing like that. Like I'm like like you started this whole conversation with. It's like this is something that was started by people of color, and you're t making and you're going to tell me that you're not going to give back to people of color. That's problematic. And that's not knowing your history. And that's why I think it's so important to know your history. Yeah. You know, because, you know, it's all there. And, and you know, you got to, in order to not make those same mistakes, I mean, we hear it all the time, you know, if you don't pay attention to your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And it's like, yeah, it's the same same sort of thing in our little microcosm, which it is a microcosm of that's surfing. Small. You that's small. I, I mean, we're, we're like... Longboarding. Yeah, we're like, I mean this discipline that and this culture that we all love and stuff like that i mean it's a, it's a thing like i get you know people who are not into surfing always ask me they're like oh you do a surf thing like you must get a lot of followers so i'm like i'm a blip on the radar of this little culture that like is so small right. but you know what i wouldn't want it any other way Absolutely. like i don't want to be like like i've been offered to in from brands to interview like some like pretty big name like like shortboard surfers like qs and ct people and i'm like no interest yeah. zero interest because i was like they get enough shine like I'd rather spend that time like talking to you or someone like that. And I think, you know, I, I, I would just like to see a lot of the surf media, instead of going for the clickbait, I want them to, especially when they're talking about social issues, I would like to see them approach them in a genuinely constructive way where instead of shaming people that they're actually creating some sort of discourse that you might change some people's minds. Right. You know, yeah. and I think there's been some recent totally. stuff that, that has been come out that basically like, it was purely for like, hey, let's see how many reposts and clicks and we can get out of it versus being like, hey, this is something that happened and let's like show both sides of it, you know? And, um, and you know, I think there's a difference between like being too busy and like maybe having, because there's so many controversial things that are happening all yeah. the time, just missing one. But like, if you're deciding to stay silent because you don't know, because maybe half of your followership thinks one way and half thinks the yeah. other and you're just going to not post because you're afraid of losing followers, that's like, are you really doing the culture a service or are you just looking out for your own like followership that that know? and that and that happens a lot and we see it a lot and it's it's something i hope i hope changes i hope my hope is that like i would hope that people would see through that more you know i'm always the one of those people that are like look when i was a kid you know being into indie music and stuff like that pre-internet all this stuff like i was I'd go see bands that like spoke to me and spoke about issues that like, you know, me being politically active isn't something that happened overnight. It's something that eight years old listening mm -hmm. to fucking Minor Threat, you know, like, right. like being like an, an addict to like Public Enemy Fugazi, like, yeah, this is like what influenced what I was and that's what attracted me to it. And I saw through the bands that didn't and I refused to like listen to them. I would hope that there's people out there that are like with their clicks and likes know that they actually have a power and understand that like by liking and elevating and sharing stuff that is more relevant to society and that can move the needle in society is going to do a lot more than they think totally. you know it's not about like throwing money at it but right. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's a complex thing. It's something that like goes in and out. Obviously, during the pandemic, the last two years, we've had a lot of time to think about it. And we've had paddle outs and we've had this and that happen. And I hope, I just hope, if surfing likes to claim that they're this progressive, open-minded movement, then live it. Totally. You know what I mean? Then like listen to people and hear people's stories. You know, like look, I'm. I'm not a transgender person, but I'm, I want to hear the story because so I can understand it. Whether I like it or not, whatever my opinion is, without me hearing the story, I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, and admitting our own ignorance isn't a sign of weakness. No. You know, it's just, I think you're just, we want to, you know, a lot of people who are progressive really genuinely want to learn and, you know, it's sometimes tough and awkward to, you know, ask the, ask the questions that you don't know. Yeah. But, just talking about it and like talking about it from a place of like love and empathy is like the way forward I think and um, you know we're all human I think everyone needs to be super like give themselves slack at the end of the day because like we're human and like we're all on this big ship going who knows where and but I think the main thing is that we're all here together yeah. you know so we gotta just like yeah spread the love man try it yeah. um so i'll end this thing on the question i ask everybody um well two questions one what's your um if you could pick any wave that you've surfed or not surfed that you'd want to surf which one would it be and why um yeah that's a tough one i always think about that when i listen to your episode like what i would choose um, I think if I could probably surf one wave, just because I haven't surfed, I'm not the most well-traveled surfer, if I could surf one wave that I know is like, like if there was no one on the beach filming, no one taking pictures, yeah. like just me out there, Malibu. I mean like, I just, I love that wave, you yeah. know, and you never ever ever would get it with no one out, like no. it's just, it's just so rare, so, and I know that's probably like the most contrived answer no, ever, but, but like, it's a mechanical I, I'd want to surf it like back in the 60s and 70s when there was more sand too um, well yeah just it just broke I heard it broke so much different um, yeah yeah it was it was a different way you don't have you wouldn't didn't have that section yeah but you know really if I'm surfing with my homies you know Matt Andrew George Josh will Maddie like my my crew of homies back home Gus like if we're all together we could be literally surfing shitty onshore shore slop and we are having the best time because like that's what it's all about like surfing with your homies like in my mind yeah um, and who who would in closing who do you want to thank shout out could, really quick could i ask you a question that i've asked all the oh, east coast geez. shapers okay if you had your dream east coast surf trip what would it be like would you yeah if you could just go to one state and score it for two days straight or ha if you could chase a hurricane like hatteras hatteras OBX. Nice. nice. I also have been, I got married there and I, I love it there. Uh, and cool. I have lots of friends there. And yeah. I like the food, the food's really, really good. Yeah. Food, food, Worm and I are in the same boat and she will tell you the same story. Food dictates a lot about which surf spots we like. Yeah. So like, it, but also like I've never, I've only surfed there in the summer. So I've only like longboarded it yep. and like Asher and those guys like, and like even like I talked to Tosh about it cause he's gone back a couple times on mm -hmm. those swells. Like it looks, dude. Like, it's it, insane. It would look so. It looks so. Like that is actually a wave that I put on a, 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 a what you call a four three four. 
I don't wear like like most people don't know this. Like I don't wear like thick rubber wetsuits. Mm -hmm. I don't get that cold. Yeah. That would be one that like I might even put gloves on if it was that cold. Like I would even like I would like because it looks <laughs> yeah. so amazing. But Absolutely. yeah, that would probably be my because if you're talking about two weeks or a week or something, like I, I have to think about not just like surfing but like actually like pre and post surf. Yeah. Yeah. That that would probably be it. I get my barbecue. I get my fucking my seafood that I want. I get to go fishing. Yeah. Although Justin keeps on telling me to come down to Jacksonville, but. Yeah, I saw, I was lucky enough to hang out with Pat and Ryan Conklin and Bradford and Justin Quintal in, and George Nickel in uh, a, uh, like it's just a nice swell down there. And it was just like the clinic, dude. Watching, Ju Justin is the sickest surfer. I mean, he fucking rips. He, I've, I've never seen anyone in person Besides Joel, Joel's the other, only other person besides him who knows how to not only pick the right wave as the set's coming through, but he knows how to get the most out of every single wave. And Absolutely. it could be the shittiest wave you could imagine. Them two are probably the best. I mean, and even just coming back from the Mex from the duct tape in Sayulita, mm -hmm. some of those waves, for me, if I had to think about being a goofy footer going backside on them, I'd be like, I would have not have picked any of those waves. Yeah. And Justin just like he knows the exact like the wave would come like be coming and you're like that's not even worth paddling yeah. for and somehow he knew the exact spot to take off on and I've seen him do it in Huntington I've seen him do it Rockaway I've seen him do it like Sano I've seen yep. him do it everywhere like Absolutely. there's no one and and Joel's the same way if you look at Joel's campaign to win his world title at Malibu he was the one that like if you watch any of his heats, you have to watch the whole heat. You could see the waves that the competitors were picking against him and the waves he was picking against him. And he knew the exact wave and where to pick it off totally. every single time. And Justin's the same way. Right. I've never seen any. You know, Malibu mate, like on the videos, it looks super easy. Of course, when you're watching Devin Howard serve Malibu, you're like, oh, that, I could do that. But no, like, it's not. Dude, it's not. Like it's sections in front of you and you really got to know. And it shows like they're like, just not only skill as surfers, but like their local knowledge. Cass too. probably knows how to surf that wave better than most people oh realize. God, dude, like backside, that is just her, like the pretty. It's, it's crazy. It's so her, sick. her, I, and I know a lot of like Malibu locals are gonna be pissed about this, but I don't give a shit. Um, Cass, Joel, Devin. There's a couple other randos. Them three, though, like, I've learned the most about surfing that way by watching them and talking to them. Mm -hmm. Cass especially, she understands. Dane Peterson's the other one. Mm -hmm. Those four understand where it slows down and where it speeds up and, ha and what to do to deal with it totally. more than anyone else I've ever seen. And it's really impressive to watch. Cool. Like, I'm like... Especially Cass going backside and Joel going backside on that wave, because I'm just not that good backside. How they're able to control their speed, and if you watch video clips of them from there on like semi-decent swells, to be honest, when it's a great swell, that it, that uh, section doesn't happen mm -hmm. because it powers right through it. Like, but when you have a medium swell, the section does happen. Yeah. Like, and it, it sucks. Yeah. They're really good about like doing that. Absolutely. Well, thanks. Wait, wait, thank yous. Can we do? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Definitely just the local crew. Well, first off, mom and dad. Like, they're yeah. so cool for just letting me take not, like, the standard route that they've took and just, like, you know, let like letting me pursue my dreams, you yeah. know, and, like, giving me the, the space and, like, you know, the love and the patience to, like, let me do it. But, yeah, like, the local crew, Josh, Joel, uh, Josh, George, Will, 
Justin Bouchard, um, Gus, like they're the local, Matt and Andrew, like I would not be surfing without those guys and just like the friendships and bonds that I've formed, Steve Melodosian. Um, and then out here, dude, I gotta thank you, like, you know, um, Sean Parkin, he's been super kind and just like always down to surf, John from Crime, like JJ, all the Sano homies. Yeah. Um, we got it. We got a, We got this. We got this good crew there now. You guys got a sick crew there, That's and good. everyone's super nice. My uncle Derek, obviously Emma, my partner, who's like always down to travel and road trip around with me and live in a, a truck for six months out of the year. Like you guys are fucking psycho. It's it's definitely, <laughs> dude. Like I, I all like, the all the people I've met. I like, like my space. It's a big family, you know. Like I, there's literally too many people to count. Like surfing is a big family, and I'm just so stoked to be a part of it, and. Yeah, thank you for like doing what you do and documenting the I'm the verbal histories because yeah, a lot of this stuff you won't read in even the most dense Matt Warsaw book, you know, like it, a lot of this stuff needs to be kind of just talked about and um, yeah. That's it. I guess that's it. We'll have fun on your road trip and uh, thanks for coming. Thanks. Thanks so much to TJ for just everything he does, hanging out, talking, you know, we work on a lot of stuff here and there. He did a uh, a piece for the last issue of the zine on Corey Nolan from Hydrophile. And it's always great to talk to him about surfing because I think I almost prefer to talk to people about surfing who come from the non-California or non-Hawaiian uh, avenue, whether it be they learn, they come into surfing from skateboarding or they're from the East Coast. And we just seem to hit it off. We have the same kind of energy. And I think a lot of things that we talked about are real important issues. You know, I do think there's a lot of brands out there that like to say they're progressive and um, they want to support, you know, people of color, they want to support queer issues and that kind of thing. And they do the ad campaign and they do the Instagram posts and that kind of thing. And then they just don't do anything. And I think that's kind of wrong. It's basically, it's actually even worse because you're just using someone else's misrepresentation as a way to promote your brand rather than trying to make that misrepresentation disappear. And so I think we talked about that and I think it's something I hold really dear in my heart. And uh, yeah, it was great to have him sit down. But enough of that, the interview was pretty long. I know you wanna hear some tunes. So here's another eclectic mix of a bunch of stuff I've been listening to over the last year. And we'll be back in a little bit with some short takes. Peace.
lost gems often It's thought that I'm lost then Weighing out what all this chance taking is costing Sliding corner by more law enforcement Feeling like I'm riding with the poor horsemen
because I'm hard to manage Doesn't mean I cannot have it I just wanna see us lavish Bunch of niggas in some mansions I ain't living with some ratchet All my exes got the madness They miss out on my magic Once I started wearing lashes I threw away, it's a habit Cause niggas out here showing rations Taking without ever asking All you focus on is fashion I wanna know how it functions Miss me with all that fuck shit Where the psychedelic drugs at? Always trying to do some fun shit You know I make nothing to something She's a hoe, that's assumptions I just wanna have my titties out Titties out, titties out I just wanna have my titties out Titties out podcast volume 81 hope you've been digging the tracks the interviews the spiel that kind of thing like i said it's going to be a little eclectic you know that last section of track uh had a mix of old and new the new being the track i put down from sudan archives sudan archives is something actually my wife turned me on to she heard a couple of her songs and uh then i started doing some research on her and seeing the tiny desk concert she did and a bunch of other stuff and really into her music i think it's really interesting it kind of reminds me of almost what nina cherry was doing back in like the 90s she's doing that in the 2020s if you will and really pushing instrumentation and a bunch of other stuff uh you know she's a violin player and she's using that to create this whole new sound that I think is really interesting. When it comes to the old, uh, there's an old Parliament's track there that I discovered P-Funk obviously probably when I was in high school, beginning of college, really got into it. My dad was into it, oddly enough, uh, in the 80s. And I didn't pay much attention to it. I started getting into a lot of Funkadelic. And my ex-girlfriend at the time had bought me vinyl pressing of the first Parliament's album when they were a doo-wop band and Baby I Owe You Something Good is one of the tracks that was on it and I was lucky enough to be able to find it again and I think it's really interesting if you listen to the version that I put on which is the original like doo-wop soul gospel band if you will version of it versus the version that's on I think it's on I think it's on Free Your Mind if I'm not absolutely sure I think it's on that uh two totally different versions of the same song so a little old a little new and yeah i mean that's basically what 2022's been about for me anyway so but let's do a little housekeeping this is the bodega border crew podcast make sure to check us out on instagram at bodega border crew 
Make sure to check out our website, bodegaboardcrew.com, where we have merch, we have episodes, we have a bunch of other stuff. So you should definitely go over there, get a t-shirt, get a zine, that kind of thing. Also, make sure to check out this episode description on your iTunes player or player of choice for track listings and things that we're talking about. But without further ado, here's the last set of short takes for 2022. The first short take I want to talk about is this vid that uh, TJ actually put together called Nord- Northish, which is a really cool glimpse into shortboard surfing on the Northeast, uh, specifically Rhode Island. There's so many waves there that I had no clue about until I got turned on to it by these guys and uh, some other locals that live there. And this video is really cool just to see like what the scene is like there and what the waves are like. The other thing too is I love how TJ shoots surf, to be honest, especially from the shore. He gets these really cool angles and you can see a lot of that in here. So there's a link to it. Check it out. Support independent surf media all you can. The second short take I want to talk about is the Sea Street Blues uh, put together by Reunion Wetsuits. featuring Liv Gottron and her friends. Now, there's this little crew of, I like to call them kids. I'm look, I'm, I'm a lot older than them. I'm t- probably twice their age, but <laughs> a little group of kids. And listen, on a side note, they've kind of dubbed themselves that to me. So I'm just gonna go with it. But it's Nat, it's uh, Dawson, it's Liv, it's a bunch of other kids that all surf Doheny and this video features them surfing Sea Street uh, for Reunion Wetsuits. The thing that's really cool about them is that they really remind me of just that little crew that you had growing up. I, I just remember having my crew of people I skated with every day and we hung out every day and did things together. And they're that little crew. They're like probably one of a thousand of these kind of crews in the world. And it's so cool to see them together and putting out little video clips like this. You know, I think these are people that are gonna be the future of surfing and they're what keeps the the real heartbeat behind the culture of surfing alive. You know, they're the ones living it every single day. And I think it's great to support kids like this and you know, watch them surf and see what they're up to. But this is a really cool video clip uh, put together by Gunner. Um, yeah, and it's also for Reunion Wetsuits, which I support. I think they're a great brand, so check it out. The last short take is a random video I stumbled upon a couple of days ago from Alex Hayes that features Mikey February, JJ Wessels, and a bunch of other random people like River, Tyler, Surfing, Sano. I remember this day because Worm and I happened to be at church when these guys were there at Sano. And I didn't know anybody was filming it or not, but a couple of things, takeaways from this is whenever you have an opportunity to watch JJ surf either church or Sano or Oceanside, I think those are three waves I, I really think about when I th- think about his surfing. You really get to see a master artist just basically paint a canvas in the most beautiful way possible. And a lot of times these waves aren't the best waves in the world, especially at Sano. And you could see JJ can turn a wave that most people wouldn't take off on into something really beautiful and interesting and intricate. And I'm really spoiled that I get to surf with him a lot and see it firsthand and learn from him. And this video is just really cool to check out on that level. The other reason I really love this video is that we got to see Mikey February surf a longboard, which we don't get to see often. And I'm always a big proponent of telling people, you, you know, we really need to see more people 
who are known as shortboard surfers, surfing longboards, just to show people out there that it's really good to be multidisciplinary when it comes to surfing. A lot of people are like, I only surf this or I only surf that. And the beauty of what we see here is that people who are really stylish and smooth on a long on a shortboard tend to be really stylish and smooth on a longboard and that's exactly what mikey showed uh so check out this video there's a link to it in the episode description amazing uh just clip from alex hayes it's really weird how to be honest halfway through it the music just stops like the song the first song ends and there's no other song i would kind of fix that but that's just pet peeve of mine but that's it for 2022 that's it for this episode episode 81 uh, as a year in review, I honestly, you know, I'm just very grateful. I'm very thankful. There were lots of ups and downs, but from the start, I really want to thank my wife and my kid, Brooklyn, really my, my immediate family for being the amazing support system that they are and inspiring me every day and making me want to be a better human and do better with this and that kind of thing. I also want to thank my friends that I get to hang out with and surf with every day. Uh, you know, they've really helped me through a lot of stuff mentally and physically and just as a support system so worm and siordia and cedric the doho kids john from crime the sano crew the balsa crew just the people that i have you know you don't realize it but you wind up having this intimate relationship with people that you surf with every day and especially with worm it's one of the best friends i could ever ask for and i think what Advice she usually gives me, <laughs> sometimes I don't want to hear it, but it's usually the best advice uh, I can hear. And so, uh, yeah, I just want to thank, be, I'm thankful for that. I also want to thank the brands that have really helped us over the last year, specifically the people at Vans. You know, George P and Justin V really have given Bodega Border Crew an opportunity when we had the show on uh, Channel 66 and being part of the media crew for Vans and traveling and getting access to a lot of these amazing athletes and artists. And without them, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So, you know, thank you, George. Thank you, Justin. Thank you to people of Vans. Also, a lot of the other brands that have supported. Uh, Can is a sponsor I'm working with now. Uh, a lot of people see me posting about them, but you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in their product and what they do and uh, moving forward with that level of cannabis consumer products I think is really important. I also want to thank people from Crime, uh, who supported Hydrophile, True uh, True Hands, people who make my boards, uh, Brett Noble and Dane Peterson. I couldn't ask for two better board builders in the world. Uh, Dane Peterson is truly an artist, not just in surfing and in photography, but in building boards. I think it's like one of the most amazing boards I've ever had the opportunity to even ride and I own it, which is really cool. Uh, also want to thank him for uh, hooking me up via uh, July wetsuits, best wetsuits I've ever had. And uh, lastly, when it comes to equipment, it's really hydrophile fins. Uh, the fin that we created with them has, has been really great for me. I uh, have a bunch to sell. The funniest thing is I have a box of them to sell and I sort of don't want to sell them because I want them for myself and I'm kind of keeping them because I tend to uh, chip fins a lot. And uh, so, yeah, I haven't put added those to the store, but the ones that everybody bought, I'm really happy for. So thanks to that. I also want to thank the stores that support us. Uh, here in the US, we have Daydream and Modern Beach Supply. Thank you so much. Uh, we're expanding to some other stores. We prefer to sell you know, directly to consumers, but 
sort of have to have a store presence, I guess. And those two stores are stores that I buy other products in and I feel comfortable with. And I think what CJ is doing with Modern Beach Supply is really cool. And I can't wait to see that grow. And we've desperately needed something cool like that in the area. Granted, it's 35, 40 minutes away from me, but we've needed a shop like that uh, around these parts so badly. So I want to thank them. And also want to thank uh, the people over at Surf Tailor Moat in Japan. They're one of our biggest accounts and they've really supported the brand, you know, for the last five years and buy a lot of products from us and sell a lot of products. And I think they're amazing. So thank you for purchasing products in Japan. Uh, lastly, in closing for 2022, I want to thank all the listeners. You know, there was a point in time when I thought I wasn't going to do this anymore and really thought about scaling back on, on the podcast, really didn't think I, I wanted to do it. And there's been a couple of listeners and followers from Instagram who contact me directly and told me their story and like how, you know, one person told me a story about how it really got them back into surfing and hanging out with their friends and stuff like that. And when I heard that, I, I, I don't know how much of a responsibility it felt, but it felt like I had some kind of responsibility to, to users and to listeners. So and keep this going uh and it actually invigorated more so thank you so much to the listeners who chime in and look message me anytime uh you can message me about what you want to hear on here who you want to hear on here if you got a new video new project working on you know reach out i also want to thank all the contributors to the zine we have a new issue coming out in the next uh, two months uh, it's gonna start working on it i guess really putting it together over january and hopefully hopefully getting it to print at the end of january and get it out in february but thank you thanks for listening thanks for downloading but without further ado i want to end this episode uh with the thing that we always do which we're known for is playing hip-hop so here's a couple of hip-hop songs i really love uh some new stuff and uh hope you guys enjoy hope you guys have a great new year and uh see you guys in 2023 peace Type of citizens find nothing, get the lying. Turn the world against you, even your men's buying. It's a dirty game, getting hectic, real tiring. Top it off, now they playing victim in a violin. Dripping the color envy, more greener than Ireland. Surrounded by snakes, more meaner than the lion's den. You're talking too much. Can't remember why I went. Got you feeling guilty, Jedi tricks on the mind again. Nicky eat a dick with chips, hit a Heineken. Action, action. As I continue where we left off. As I continue where we left off. Action, as I continue where we left off. The rebel of villain, the rebel of Zaw. People saying Zaw like ASMR, the cold crush on my beat. we rock the cast bar. ES, back at him. Savage like Black Adam. Fast track in the back and forth to blast at him. You ain't worthy, so you don't get no reply. But keep an open eye, we kick it like Cobra Kai. And we the crew leading. I wouldn't remotely care about you, even if we in a Zoom meeting. Let's be honest, yo, these rappers just a boring mess. Actors ought to thank the Hollywood for press. 
slap up obnoxious kids Take them out on tape like I'm boxing fits Lay them out like a floor plan Sick of playing optimistic like I'm in Tom York's band You lost your mystique and leaked on 4chan for your four fans Your Oregon, no Portland Action, as I continue where we left off As I continue where we left off Action, as I continue where we left off Last name Lannister, call me King Slayer. None this ill since Kareem was a Laker. Feel that love, yeah, that's the dream of a hater. I'm skating the equator, last seen in Jamaica. Frontin' like the girl, them sugar. Rude boy, them a call inspector. Got him under pressure, no gas, word the Tesla. You find the painkillers, top drawer in the dresser. Back with the force, y'all, Bojack Horseman. All that talking, you know that cost him. High price to pay, like you shopped at Nordstrom. Deck narcoleptic, I black out often. Salute me as a true king. What up with you, king? I've been doing this since Sinead had a groove thing. Another mood swing, touching up your boot thing. Zar face, Wu Tang, MF Doom gang. Hey. Babe, babe, y'all seen, y'all seen, y'all seen. Sharper than a straight razor shade. Cooler than a stealer, put the blade to a point. It's worldwide currency, they wishing well coins. It's high fidelity, bang, they speak a leak noise. And not a Chuck D level, y'all at petite level. Have gun, do travel, spread love, beat devils. Walk short and carry the crow magnum. Shots club and smashing the short, rainy fragment. Breathe fire, spit smoke, blow away ashes. Smart enough, dumbass, this ain't bump class. Atmosphere bump that, you can't touch that. Real, forever real, they can hate it or love that. It's big and hip-hop hypes and wicked government Brooklyn a war winner to knock your you in them for the most suckerest, dumbest, no getting love in this. When real riders up in this biatch, dudes more bitch than bitch Reeboks. They arms King Biatch and base seven three odds. These dudes doped in this detox. Turkey wing clean up your act. You act like crack. Ha. I've been a lot and I will never be that. I got the right and exact in a trap for the rats. The liars and the saps, the posers and the hacks. Landmine, mainline, spine go snap. Bay, fan glorious, phantasmagoria. Crack Pandora on each and Every all of you, whoever you can call, and you better start calling them. Then call a car in a white drape for all of you. Greatest ain't greater than, strongest ain't strong enough. Biggest ain't bigger than a real small portion of the legendary trillionary top rank officer. Get lost, big boss, this boss, boss, yeah. Chip on your shoulder, I'ma knock it right off your bay. Torpedo, blast, smash the ego. Sniper on the range, sniper bang, no reload. RPG to get free power, people. Blap, one clip in the evil done with. Fucking like they want trouble and really. They probably want trick like a ski on the strip. Get money in your midst, stuff a kill a pimp. Loud mouth rhetoricals and ain't sick. You can talk till you die and you ain't said this unless you're repeating the phrase of y'all busiest. 17th verse of the 25th Ezekiel, lethal. Let us pray for the souls of these suckers. I'm back, motherfucker. Yeah, January, February, marching with the people. April, may I have a black star sequel to the black caucus? June, July, the black August. September to October, you find me with black daughters. November, when we come for that office, the black potus, black lotus, flower fall in December. Go ask the weatherman. Colder than the winter wind. Day after December 10th. We celebrate Yasin's birthday. Brooklyn, New York City, that's the scene of my birthplace. I'm so on top of this bopping to metropolitan, frolicking with the populace, toppling all the charlatans. My songs acknowledge the heroes, the need honor, and the promise we demolish and all Confederate monuments. I'm noticing how these Nazis become congressmen. They're softer than some moccasins away faking a college. It doesn't matter if they're scholars or got doctorates. I hide it behind fake names like Tommy Robinson, bombing them.
Plus the sleeve is monogram. If I die, come back and perform as a hologram. Can't tell if it's a boy or a girl, get a sonogram. My name is floating up and down the ab like dollar vans. Fam, my syrup is make-believe. If I lock for one Morocco, I'm packing this tray of cheese. And the pipe is a pass, I'm stabbing these fake MCs. The sharp, I'm making them bleed. I have for them make-believe. I come from a place of peace, but they only respect the violence. You get arrested for domestic silence. Rappers is vampires, we the likers. Even the vikers, no match against attacks from the conquer alliance. Bring it together like a hype that flies. Testing my patience, never stopping, because my parents have never had a vacation relocating. Looking at places along the ocean, smoking trees under trees. The shady as rapper motors, calamities. Flash catastrophe, add an apostrophe. Your whole philosophy is mediocrity, atrocities. Committed in the name of owning property, monopolies. Uh, that's my apostrophe. Seasons change. See the way my account set up. You can overdraft all you want, just know your partner's gonna get fed up. You gonna take some hits on your way to getting that bread up. Oh God, it's hard to let down your guard before you get up. Just keep on saying. When I'm six feet, keep on saying. When the low peaks, keep on saying. When the ends meet, don't stop saying. I'm suited like an evangelist Swear my life a movie directing Watching the camera shift yeah, you see the fish And my niggas lit like a candlestick uh, Trying to sneak in the crib Moving like Joe Pesci Before the night is through the old Jesse This nigga skating Damn, I'm so gresky I used to always want the old Zappies Niggas is clean but knowing the flow messy Struggle mills Remember eating that white bologna My older sister made the rice around me Damn, I probably had the diaper on me I'm born in 88 But fam moved in 89 Then that shit was a crazy time Catch my drift like Mike Piazza at the Mets game Try moving with peace but understanding the set bank I was hella young at the Boba shop when I met Kane Conversations with Quelly is crazy talking about that thing Niggas is hurting, hope they hellin' in Godspeed Broken hearts leaving them comments all in their IG Candlelight visuals, she bringing teddy bears Why they always wait till you gone and really show they care Damn 
All these niggas wait till you gone, really show they care. All these niggas wait till you gone, really show they care. All these niggas wait till you gone, really show they care. Mm. Yeah. Sin City, too many guns don't not see right now. I can't see no hands. Easy if you back and eat fuck trust. What they say back, new friends, when the J show a hand. Zops got me other nights, they like, please don't let them in. Who wanna recollect? But I can't regret phantom in. All this man finding in, graveyard climbing in. They clocking in, mention eyes watching and facing out the window. Sam pretty, shot it with me, had to let out my hair go. Unaware, but try to, I don't know who they lie to. All we know is pride of the rest. Don't let them blind you, though, we the best test. No, I'm outside, I don't know who they trying to find or looking for. Talking like sweet fast, but your hands can't fade. Calm down, it ain't busting, you acting, trying to wind, start with the grass. Get out the heart, you falling off, it's all lies. From a man to sin, shots fly like crashing by. I see it on teachers Jumping around like niggas please Niggas in glass boxes Hiding secrets Nigga please Find hobbies I used to laugh when niggas sit on their ass And say God got me Don't let them stones see it Last call never too late Can't let the whole shit One queen job In the empire Take one feet and fire That's real Destroy beer Why you here? Hey, hey. Whose mask is this? You the type of fear that know why all the cameras is. Same old hoe bitch crying with all his bandages. Rat snitch gon' get fed with his bullets and these Timberlands. Right.